1: they are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football
0: hi this is Lou Roberts this is
2: Tyrese Campbell and you're listening to the every step along the way podcast
3: hello everybody and welcome back to the third and final championship preview for the upcoming season so We've been through a massive 15 clubs so far, um, obviously we're going to do a big Stoke one tomorrow, so you've got a treat there, um, but yeah, we've got eight clubs to get through on today's pod. So, without further ado, let's get started. So, Sundor where we're going to kick off this uh, this podcast, and after the upheaval of losing Alex Neal, we actually might get some real momentum going under Tony Mowbray, and finish sixth... Last season before losing to Luton in the playoffs. Got a very young squad, um, by design, I think, um, more than anything. But can they push for promotion once more? So let's have a look. Like I say, last season he finished sixth in the championship. And the manager Tony Mowbray, you know, he's coming up now, he's got 20 years of management experience, and I think as well, you know, he's done wonders there since picking up the reins from Alex Neil the foundations you know, laid by the, the state manager. So yeah, let's uh, let's see what transfer activity's been doing. So six players have come in. Now interestingly only Bradley Duck, who's twenty-nine, is he's, he's the only one over twenty who they've signed this summer. So You've got Nectario Triatus from Central Coast Marys. I mean, you must love me trying to do all these pronunciations, you know. These players I've never never really heard of. Uh, I've not had a chance to sort of, you know, get a full thing of how you pronounce them. So, yeah, I hope I've giving you a good laugh. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, Triatis, he's, yeah, he's a centre-back from Central Coast Marys, but it's £300,000 for him. It's also lovely to actually see a transfer fee and not just undisclosed which um, seems to be the order of the day these days. Uh, Job Bellingham, now he is undisclosed. Centre midfielder coming in from Birmingham. Louis Semedo, striker from Benfica, undisclosed. Jensen Sealt, a centre-back from PSV, undisclosed. Elijah Mayenda, a striker from Sochaux in France, he's undisclosed. And then the aforementioned Bradley Duck, also we know attacking midfielder from Blackburn, he picked up on a free. 17 players have left. Uh, the Stadium of light. so there's been nine youngsters released as well it's Alex Bain Joe Anderson have also left on loan whilst first team is Bailey Wright Ethan Kachosa Thomas Scott Harrison Sona Carl Winchester and Leon De Duca were all released at the end of last season so interesting like I say I wonder where the fans are thinking they're going to be this season well let's try and find out with our uh, Sunderland supporting friend here
2: I think in terms of the summer for Sunderland, it's been actually quite refreshing. We've done quite a bit of business early. We haven't really lost any of our key players excluding loans. And I think compared to obviously last season when we were a promoted side still sort of assembling who might be good enough for the championship, who might not be, I think the real benefit we have this season is that the guys we have have got one season of experience at this level under the belts, and then, obviously, in terms of the guys we've brought in, most of them have been brought in before the start of pre-season, so they've had time to obviously get used to their new teammates, settling the area, you know, things with the language barriers. It always helps, I think, even getting that month in ahead rather than coming in on deadline day or the last week and playing catch-up. So I think Sunderland fans are going into the season pretty happy. Um, Obviously, still work to be done, but a good, good start in the window so far. So in terms of incomings, everyone's really a bit of an enigma. So most of the guys that we've signed, excluding Bradley Dack, who obviously more recent, that one's obviously a Tony Mowbray signing that he's asked for. Um, The rest of them we've signed a centre-back from the A-League who no one had really heard of in his early 20s. Job Bellingham, of course. Everyone knows who Jude Bellingham is. Not so many with Job. Big question mark over him. How good can he be? He's obviously not going to be as good as his brother. But if he can be a fraction of that, I'm sure he'll be a great success at Sunderland. A lot of people are sort of wondering whether he'll be more of a box-to-box, of a 10, and just wondering really how good he can be. The big sort of signing that we made, who I'm really hopeful for, um, is a player called Hamir, a striker, a young forward we've signed from Benfica. I watched him in pre-season on Saturday at home against Mallorca and was very impressed with the way you know, he dominated in the air he had a great sort of presence, I think he was bullying defenders at La Liga level and for the first time I'd seen him in person, I think he looks really impressive so I think he'll be our key one to watch and in terms of outgoings as things stand, obviously there's been reported interest in Jack Clark but we haven't really lost anyone who we'd be sad to lose, I think If one of Clark, Patrick Roberts, were to go, I'd obviously be quite upset. Um, Ross Stewart, it's a bit of a weird one because we've been playing for so long without him. So... If he does go, we sort of played for quite a while without him anyway. If he stays, we've got an excellent forward if he does recover fully from that Achilles injury. But I think the main transfer that I would like to see is just that Ahmad replacement. I'm not really sure that Bradley Dack is going to be on that same level. So if we can maybe dip into the loan market and look to replace Ahmad, a player of that sort of calibre, I think that'll determine where I think we'll finish but lastly in terms of where i think we will finish right now as things stand when i'm not really sure just how good a lot of the players we've brought in are given that no Sunderland fans have really seen them play before excluding bellingham and dak i think my gut feeling right now would be in the mix of a playoff spot i don't want to be sure that we'll make it because we've seen how tight it was last year if we do get another lone player With the equivalent ability of Ahmad, I think we'll definitely be up there. But as things stand right now, I think we'll just be competing in the mix to get one of those spots again.
3: Oh, brilliantly! Thank you for that. Yeah, for me, did fantastically well to finish top six last season, and the return to the championship. Young and vibrant side could get better as the season goes on and gains even more experience. My concern, though, Danny Bart, if you're the goalkeepers and the defenders, he is the only one who is older than twenty-three. If he gets injured or is out for a period of time, loses his form, whatever, they could be left a bit leaderless at the back, and that could hinder the progress for me. Swansea City next, and a great late run saw them wind the top ten spot last season, uh, but manager Russell Martin then left for Southampton. During the summer, Michael Duff's come in though. He's done a great job at Barnsley. Um, can he continue the work that Martin did and push them towards the top six? So, like we say, last season they did and nailed 10th place right to the death. Uh, the manager Duff, he's his first championship level job. Uh, he did a great job at Barnes, as I mentioned. He's one of seven new summer managers coming into the league. So it'll be interesting how that goes. Uh, there's been a, quite a lot of movement as well. So, incoming, there's been five. So, Josh, McGi- Josh Ginley's come in from uh, Hart, he's a left winger. Josh Key, a right back, come from Exeter. Got Michola Kuhejic, <laughs> a striker from Troyes. See, so yeah, I can get that one. Uh, Carl Rushenworth, a goalkeeper from Brighton, he's come in on loan. And then this Jerry Yates, striker from Blackpool, who know, he does know this league, he made a good campaign last time. Now, there's been 15 currently uh, exits from Swansea, so seven youngsters have left. Plus, Rosenda, Sondergaard, Dan Williams, Kyle Joseph, um, and Moya Wittgaard have all left as well as Michael Oberfemi, who's gone Burnley, Joel Latabado, who's gone to Coventry, and Ryan Manning, he's a big loss, he's gone to Southampton. Uh, they've all exited the club, while Joel Perot is expected to leave before the end of the window. He's only got 12 months left on his deal. Um, let's, let's see uh, what the, uh, how the feeling is down in South Wales.
4: Hello, it's Luke from Swanscast. Thanks for having me back on your podcast. Really happy to be here and I'm going to just tell you a little bit about what's happened at Swansea over the summer. So you're up to speed going into the new season. Now the biggest change to talk about is the change of manager that some of you might be aware of. And that's Russell Martin. He's left. He's gone to Southampton. um, And we've actually managed to get Michael Duffin from Barnsley. He took them to the playoff final last year. So quite excited really to see where this new chapter can take us um a lot of people are crediting it as maybe a step up from russell martin obviously it's difficult to sort of say that when you've just lost your manager and only time will tell to see what he can do with the squad martin had his flaws in terms of probably mainly the defense and sometimes passing for passing sake so the new style of play under duff i'm expecting to be a little bit more direct will definitely be playing with two up top and a more of an attacking midfielder in behind and I think he's looking to bring in a little bit more pace into the team and it'll be a really high intensity pressing in style I think from kickoff whether that continues through the 90 minutes not quite sure but for him to get there I think the squad needs to really up their fitness from where they were under Russell Martin um, going into the players then we have made a couple of sign-ins so the biggest one has been Jerry Yates from Blackpool who I believe is about 2.5 million but was undisclosed Um we're expecting Joel Perot to leave. I'll go to that in a second. So if that is the case, Jerry Yates scored 14 goals that relegated Blackpool, Blackpool last season. So I'm expecting maybe in a team that might create a little bit more opportunities, that should be progress for him. And if we can get a better return than 14 goals, then that would be seen as a good sign-in, I think, going into this season. The other two have come in on free transfers barring compensation. One of them, Josh Key from Exeter, who... He's a right-back. He's a young talent, a little bit perhaps you could say a raw talent, but I think he's going to get exposed to a lot of first-team football at championship level this season, and that could really accelerate his development. I think he's been seen as quite an exciting uh, young player in the Football League over the last few seasons, so I'm excited to see where he can go this season, um, especially seeing as wing-backs an area Swansea are struggling in. Um, especially after the loss of Ryan Mann in last season, who has left the club at the end of last season, along with Joel Latabodia as their contracts have expired and they did not renew. The other signing we've made is Josh Chanel, who's come in from the Scottish League, um, a forward winger, um, Pacey style player. I haven't really seen too much of him pre-season. He only managed to get on the pitch yesterday for the first time, having joined with an injury. So it'll be interesting to see where he fits into the system, as I don't think we're going to be using out-and-out wingers, and his preferred position isn't necessarily as a striker. Though I think because we're going to be playing two up top, he could well suit playing off more of a focal striker. Place to watch out for then. Joel Pro is the obvious one. If he does stay, we're expecting him to leave. There's not been any concrete bids yet, but he's in the last year of his deal. If we don't cash in now, it might be too late, and he scored 20 goals in back-to-back seasons, so you'd imagine his value is not going to be going up anytime soon if he runs his contract down, and that would be a lot of money to lose out on, unless we get promoted, which is the only way he will extend his stay at Swansea. Um, And I think... I have to say Mac Rhymes, otherwise he's the guy in the middle of the pitch that everything runs through, has to for a number of years, he's been the focal point of our team, and when he's ticking, Swansea are ticking, and basically he gets us playing well, if he's uh, allowed and afforded the space. So keep an eye out for him, not always the one that gets the headlines, but he's definitely the one that puts the hard work in the middle of the pitch, and he is the captain, so he leads by example. Thanks for having me on, and I look forward to the season ahead, and good luck for your season, guys.
3: Oh bro, thank you for that. Yeah, for me Duff's got a big job on his hands. I know he's done well so as far, his dream career. I think this is a big step up though. He's probably gonna be hoping for a Perot exit, as good as Joel Perot is, because he's only got twelve months left on his deal. I think he'll want that money. I think he needs that money so he can go and beef out this squad and replace, you know, Ryan Manning, Joel Lefford, you know, the big losses. And I don't think they've quite replaced them. For me, unfortunately for Swansea, I think lower mid table. Could be the best they've got to offer this season, and then they've got a rebuild ready to go again. So, Plymouth Argyle now, so champions of League One last term. How is the highly rated manager Stephen Schumacher going to get on with his Pilgrims in the Championship? So, as we mentioned, finished first in League One, promoted with you know massive amount of points as well, some real stiff competition in that race for promotion there. Um, Stephen Schumacher, the manager, has built on what Ryan Lowe worked uh, and he's you know started to produce a side that just won at will last year, didn't he? 31 wins in League One. Well, fantastic. Uh, transfer-wise, they've put seven players coming in. So Kisla Hayders coming in, a right-back from Aston Villa on loan, as has Lewis Warrington, a centre-midfielder from Everton. Uh, whilst the permanent transfers have Connor Hazard, a goalkeeper from Celtic, Morgan Whitaker, a right-winger from Swansea, Morgan Whittaker a right wing from Swansea, and Bally Mumba a right back from Norwich. Uh, also, Lewis Gibson, and central half from Everton, and Julio are going to go from this. Pleguezelo, a centre-back from Twente. They are both free transfers. Fifteen players have left Plymouth, so four youngsters were released, along with Bolton, Cranke, Ennis, Grant, Jeffcott, Law, May, Purcell, Wilson, Whilst Will Jenkins Davies and Oscar Halls have gone out on loan. So, yeah, back in the championship. Uh, let's have a listen now to our Plymouth fan and see how they're feeling ahead of the season.
1: And even though it's our own pod, we decided to insert our own preview of the season. I'm joined by Joe Bell, uh, famously of this parish, um, to run through his predictions for the season. But we'd chuck it in there anyway. We're doing 23 other teams. Why not do ourselves? Um,
5: Yeah, Joe. Yes, Aaron. Um, Should we crack on? No time like the present. The current mood amongst the fan base ahead of the new season um, has changed within the space of a week. Um, I think there was a lot of apprehension and tension, um, trepidation even, maybe going into the week before last. But obviously, we have managed to not only break our club record transfer fee for a player but we've also then gone and matched it in the space of five days which I think has given a lot of people among the Green Army a lot of hope a lot of belief that we are serious about this push for the championship we are serious for staying in the championship and we're not just here to make the numbers up we have an owner who is ambitious we've got a manager who is exciting and ambitious we've got a group of players who are hungry they're determined they care, and they believe in in the project. So the current mood is buoyant, I would say, after last week. Insight into the manager. What's he like? He comes across as quite mellow, quite shy, I would say, um, certainly in the media. But he is probably one of the best things to happen to Plymouth Argyle for quite some time. He is very down-to-earth, very humble. You know, he's when you think about where he's taken us in the short space of time, since he assumed control of the wheel, um, we have gone on an upward trajectory at a faster speed than anyone could have imagined. He's already given us some amazing days. You think to that wonderful 41 minutes against Chelsea, well, the whole 122 minutes against Chelsea, really. Um, But that first 41 minutes was something I'll never forget. You think of the, the amazing push for the playoffs that year. Um and then just last season was just memory after memory after memory. Um from beating Ipswich to go top of the league to the comeback at Derby to beating Exeter. Like it's just it's an unbelievable roller coaster that's only going up. Um at some point we will have to dip a little bit, as with every roller coaster, but I think this is an... Australian roller coaster where it's going to be upside down and it's just going to keep going up um, we hope uh, the transfer window um how's that gone uh yeah it's been pretty quiet isn't it nothing's really nothing's really happened for us um I think we'd all agree that we've covered a lot of areas that needed strengthening um, we still need to get another option in up front probably still do with another option in midfield. Um, Other than that, I think we're just ticking squad depth positions now, really. Um, I think we only really need two, um, and the rest is just for a bit of depth. Um, So we're going to utilise the loan market very well, as we always do. Um, And, you know, maybe we'll continue this try before we buy scheme for next year with loan players. Um, seems to have gone all right in the last 12 months. Which summer signing am I most excited by? Um, I'm going to stay away from the generic two, I think, um, just because it would be the answer that everyone expects me to give. Um, the summer signing I'm most expected by is Julio Pleguizelo, and I've been practicing that, um, or Pleggy to you and I. Um, he... Has quite the pedigree, um, given some of the clubs that he's been on the books for previously in his career. Um, It looks a bit like a football manager career mode, to be honest with you. Um, He had a very good year in FC20 last year, making plenty of appearances. Um, I don't know a great amount about the era Eredivisie, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I just about know the teams that compete in European football every year. Um, so I don't know what the standard's like nowadays, but we've all seen the highlights reel of him gliding past Ajax players with the ball at his feet, um, which is a, a novel signing, I suppose. Um, but he looks to have settled into life really well. The the sit the bits I've seen of him in pre-season, um, I've seen us play three times now. Um, and he's looked pretty assured whenever I've seen him play. Um, So hopefully he will adapt to English football rather well, and he's probably the one I'm most excited about just because he's the unknown package amongst them. Best player at the club currently? Uh, um, This is an easiest answer as the nine I've had to give, really. Michael Cooper. Do I have to elaborate much on that? Probably not. Everyone in the world knows about... Well, certainly everyone in England knows about Michael Cooper. I'm sure his name is on the wires in Europe as well. But, um, yeah, he's just the best asset this football club's got. On the playing sense, uh, best youth prospect and academy player to look out for. We sort of touched on this on our latest episode of the Summer Recap, that there's quite a few of these. Um we gave a good um, mention to Freddie Asaka. Obviously, Will jenkins Davis has gone out on a loan. Um, the, I'm going to give you two. Um, one of them has only just joined the apprenticeship scheme, and that's a young lad called Joe Hatch, um, 16 years of age, already capped for Wales at youth level. Um, he certainly seems to know where the goal is, which is a very handy attribute to have when you're a good striker um so he's one to look out for for the coming years but one who's very much in the present I would say is Caleb Roberts um seeing him put in very assured performances in pre this year um very much fits the mold of of an Adam Randall of a Will Jenkins Davis you know that that progression in the career is something that we're seeing quite often now and it's a very good thing to have because I think this crop of youngsters is as good a crop as youngsters as Plymouth Argyle's had for a long time um, which is promising. Expectations for the season um, I expect us to be competitive um, I'm not going to go much further than that I expect us to ruffle a few feathers to poop a few parties if you will Um I certainly don't expect us to be languish. I don't expect us to make up the numbers, that is for sure. I think we're, we're more than capable. Um, we've got one of the best managers in the Football League, one of the most exciting dynamic managers in the Football League. We've certainly got the best chairman in the Football League and probably the best board in the Football League. Um, almost everything is now in place for this club to be in the Championship for a long time. Um, And if it is going to be in the championship for a short period of time, I hope that's because we've gained promotion to the Premier League, but that's probably still a long way off in the project. Realistic prediction of where Arga will finish and what constitutes a good season. Um, I said this to somebody in the week. I think a realistic expectation would be somewhere between 13th and 18th um, because I really, I saw quite a bit of the championship last year um, and I I didn't think the standard of the bottom half of the table teams was something that was insurmountable for the three teams that were quite clear that were coming up from League One. Uh, two of us have certainly seemed to have adapted well to life in recruiting players for the Championship. One of them just seems to be wanting to fight with itself. Um, they shan't be mentioned, but their neighbours are in the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, I think anywhere... So it would be the bottom third, I would think. I think we'd have an incredible season if we finished higher than that, but I don't see us um, getting relegated. What constitutes a successful season? Survival in the championship. Um, I'm not fussed about a cup run. I don't know. I don't actually know what the Green Army's thoughts on this are, but I'm not really fussed about a cup run because the 46 championship games are, are the bread and butter. So. For once, I'd probably sacrifice uh, an FA Cup run um, if it ensured Championship football next season. Um, as much as I'd love a Championship Cup run, given we're straight into the third round and straight against the big boys, you never know who you're going to get. But um, I'd probably sacrifice all that to stay up. Um, and we never have a Cup run in the League Cup and we're playing late in Orient again. So we know not. we've know we seen this play before. We know how it plays out. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, how do you predict Argo to get on in their first season? Well, I've just said it, really. Um, I I don't expect us to make up the numbers. I think there are clubs in the division who are far worse off than us. Um, we're in a much better shape than a lot of clubs in the championship, I think. Um, so, yeah, I expect us to be competitive. I think we will shock a few people. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to do a Luton or anything like that, but... Um, But why not? Why can't we dream that we'll have a successful season Um, and we will almost definitely finish above Preston North End, um, which is the most important part of it all. So, um, yes, I think we'll be competitive. I think we'll stay up. I think we'll have a bloody good run at it. And I can guarantee that Home Park every week is going to be bouncing. We're going to average a huge away following every week and let's roll up our sleeves and take it to these big boys in the Championship and see where we end up.
1: That was Joe Bell of the Green and White Podcast brought to you by Argo Life. You can find them on all major podcast platforms and on Twitter at ArgoLife1886.
3: Oh, brilliant. Cheers for that. Yeah, 31 League One wins last season, uh, pushed into promotion. But to me, I think a lack of a real goal scorer uh, may cause them more issues this campaign.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah,
3: Watford. Now, it's never dull as it's down at Vicarage Road with the potso family in charge. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. Are the Hornets, are they looking, what are they looking at this campaign? A good one or another one where they're sort of slipping away from the top end of this league? So, last season, they finished 11th. Um, so yeah, manager valerian Ishmael He's the new man in charge We don't know for how long, do we, with this being Watford Obviously he's the ex-West Brom boss um, Yeah, so he's, he's he Managed to bring in six players this summer So he's got Matthew Martin, The left, uh, left wing from Udinese Surprise, surprise Jamal Lewis, a left back from Newcastle They've both come in on loan And then we've got some a couple of free transfers in Jake Livermore from West Brom Centre mid and Reese Healy A centre forward from Toulouse and then they've also got a couple of players they you know, pay the small fees for. George, Cabetsa, a centre forward from Cartagena and Tom Ince. they obviously, was we know, quite well. Round here, a right winger from Reading. Uh, 29 players, though, have left Vickery's Road so it's a mass clear out. 17 youngsters were given the Oljivo uh, this summer along with Almanza, Ashley Fletcher and Joe Ferreira leaving on loan. Whilst Aguilo, Asambolonga Bakuna, Cathcart, Cleverly, Gosling, Cabaselli, Ismael Saw and shall Pedro. So they will all leave various size holes in that first team squad. Only some big, big hitters in there. Uh, Watford really having a good clear out. Um, yeah, that's sort of real big summer there. So let's check in at Watford and just see what the fans' theory and their thoughts are right now.
6: Hello, this is Mike from the Watford podcast from the rookery end. Looking forward to the uh, 2023-24 season. Well, I say looking forward. I don't think many of us are, to be honest. Last year was a pretty chastening experience. They still had a relatively decent side. Ishmael Sal was still there. João Pedro was still there. Had some decent loanees. Uh, but three managers weren't able to get Watford to click. Um, and... The majority of that side has now gone. Um, The last manager that was there, Chris Wilder, has gone. Valerian Ismail has taken over. Um, And pretty much all the star players, uh, mentioned João Pedro, he has gone to Brighton and is already looking good there. Ismail Assar has gone to Marseille in France. Keenan Davis, Hamza Chowdhury. So all the key players who were were performing for Watford last year have, have gone. There's been a real clearing of the decks and not much coming back in. The other way, Tom Ince has come in from uh, relegated Reading, but it sounds like he's injured for the start of the season. Um, Reese Healy's come in, the striker. Um, he was most recently at Toulouse, where he scored 37 in 69. But obviously the French League and the, and the English League are, are very different. He's probably uh, no stranger to, to EFL fans. He's played for, for Cardiff, for Colchester, for Newport, for Torquay, for MK Dons. Yes, he scored goals, but um, when you're talking about the the players of the calibre, like Ismail Assange, Al-Pedro that Watford have lost, is he a sort of replacement that is filling people with uh, joy, excitement and optimism? Um, And the answer probably is no um i think there was an acceptance amongst watford fans that this was going to have to be a recalibration a reset um struggling obviously having been relegated from the premier league and all the financial issues that that brings with it but i think the scale of the cutbacks if you like has probably been a little bit of a shock to to quite a few Watford supporters it doesn't feel like the team well let's be honest it feels like the team is significantly weaker than last season even though Watford's performances last year were were pretty naff anyway so I think Watford fans are quickly coming to terms with the fact that this is going to be a year of consolidation I don't think there's much expectation of of challenging anywhere near the top Um, And for most, I think we would probably now take a calm season, um, hopefully not relegation-threatened. Hopefully we can keep the same manager. I think that's the one bright spot. A bright spot or, or bit of hope for, for Watford supporters is that Valerian Ismail seems like the kind of guy who has a, a clear way of playing. So the players will at least know what they're expected of them. Last year it just felt like they were just a ragtag and bobtail collection of players chucked out on the pitch uh, with the vague expectation that they were good enough to, to win games without really having to, um, to stick to any tactics. Whereas well, this year Valerian Ismail obviously has his um, his way of playing and I think there's at least hope amongst Watford supporters that there'll be a clear defined style of play even if the personnel isn't that um, inspiring shall we say. There's still time left of course in the transfer window so that could all change and uh, with Gino Pozzo at the helm it does tend to be uh, last minute when it comes to uh, when it comes to signings. But I did a piece for 442, and I predicted Watford to finish 11th. I think that's probably a little bit optimistic. I'm looking at around 11th to, to 14th for the Hornets this year, and I think probably the biggest win, the biggest um, hope, I guess, for, for Watford fans is that we uh, end the season with the same manager that we started, because we haven't done that for a long, long time. Anyway, here we go again.
3: Oh, brilliant cheers for that thank you so a mass clear out and maybe a realization from the owners that this league isn't going to gift them a return to the premier league yeah and then the riches that they get there so yeah i think this could be a season a real struggle for watford i think yeah they need a lot of investment having lost like I say such a lot of talent over this summer <laughs> leeds united so relegation finally caught up with leeds following the last minute escape uh the kick of the previous campaign but yeah i'm going to bounce straight back to the premier league so last season they finished 19th in the premier league as we mentioned uh, Got a new manager in charge of the dugout this year it's daniel farker so yes uh he's some one of those seven summer recruits Can he hero glory he had with norwich it's been a, it's been a pretty hectic summer for leeds so, six youngsters have been released, uh, plus Adam Forshaw and Joel Robles. Whilst Tyler Roberts has been sold to Birmingham and Rodrigo is headed to Al-Rahi in Saudi Arabia um, for what was reportedly far less than what he's actually valued at, due to a very strong relegation clause in his contract. Uh, Robin Koch, Diego Lorente, Brandon Arison, Christensen, Mark Rocker and Woba have all left on loan this summer as well, so... It's a lot of players. I mean, we that sounds quite familiar, doesn't it, Stoke fans, too, to when we got relegated and you know, we had to send out a load of players on loan because we just couldn't get rid of them full-time. And there's been two arrivals, so not a massive amount, but just a couple. So Ethan Ampadu, centre-back from Chelsea, the Welsh international there, and Carl Darlow, uh, he rejected Bournemouth to sign, uh, from Newcastle. Uh, yeah, he has a goalkeeper brought through the door there. So let's check in uh, with our Leeds supporting friend here and let's see how the feeling is up in Yorkshire.
7: Hi, this is Kyle. I'm a Leeds fan. I am from the Totally Levy and Football podcast. Um, I'll talk to you about the upcoming season for Leeds, how I've been reviewing. I think in a way we have been, um, it's been a. It was a bit of a mix, a bit of a mix summer because of what happened at the end of the last season in the Premier League. We got relegated and there was a question about the ownership and we knew there was going to be some changes. It was going to take a bit of time and to get the 49ers investment in with Prague Math as the new chairman in. And, you know, get rid of Victor Ortega and uh, Andrea Rezani, both owner and for an order and the director of football, who probably cost how the team, you know, very much, you know, how they performed last season with the transfers and and you know bringing in four different managers, it's it was a huge mess and. I think one big thing is coming in into the Forty Niners. You know, I've got a lot of money. We've got people behind it, you know, such as sports stars such as Russell Westbrook and also Jordan Spieth, Uh also Frank Lowry from the Westfield Group, who is who is a who's also multi-billionaire as well. Um, it's huge for the club. It's huge what we needed to do to try to make a lot of changes, and I think, you know, with most, you know. I'm moved this summer It's has been, has been good It's been a little, a little bit More confident Compared to last season Where You know We did spend the money Wisely After selling Carl and Phillips And Rafinha um, Last season It was quite tough With that one I, I thought You know This summer You know Getting Ethan And, pa- and Pandu Ethan You know Getting some good that even Apand Ap- 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 do, and also Kyle Dowlow as well. Um, they're good signings, and so we need to get some more. I think keeping Charlie Cresswell on a long-term new contract is very vital for us. And you know, signing it yesterday, and he's going to be probably a first team, you know, first team, you know, first choice centre back along, along with Lee Cooper. I think the question was was always the outgoings, the players that were bought in last season who just didn't want to commit to, play, to, to try to be in the championship this season with us, such as uh, uh Harrison, and you could count Werber in as well, the way how he dealt with it, he was, thought he was going to stay. Um, but listen, it's what you have to do, We have to do. We have to look at the youngsters that we got in our academy. We've got some very good youngsters in the academy, such as Archie Gray and Diko D- 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 Gabby, who's really doing well, who's really done well in the academy since he joined from Man City in a swap deal with Callum Phillips. I think, you know, under Cal Dallo, I think under sorry, under Daniel Farke, Daniel Fark. I think it was the right man who needed experience in the championship. Um, you know, let's see how it go. We, we we are behind him. I think there's a lot of mood better now compared to last season. It was very toxic between the Leeds fans and it was really tough. And I thought to myself, we need someone that can that can get brings all together. I think Daniel Fark is the right man for the job as well uh i think where Lee's will finish i think it's between the top two and the playoff now that is what we need to do it's a top two and in, in the in the playoffs top top two is my maximum expectation the playoffs is my minimum expectation. so i expect us to do well as well i really do i really do so i hope Leeds will have a good good season as well and we hope hopefully continue our chance you know to get back promotion the first time asking
3: brilliant cheers for that mate so yeah for me, I still feel there are a lot of sales to come out of the road, um, and it's how they recruit following them. I think that's going to determine how the next nine months will go. Uh, for me, I expect, you know, Jack Harrison, um, Nonto, Dan James, Melier. I think all of them are going to leave you know during the course of August. <laughs> Southampton, yes, yeah, so rock bottom and deservedly so with the Premier League last season. But they do have proven championship players in the squad question i suppose is are they hungry enough to want to bounce back having already tasted the top flight so let's say last season 20th in the premier league manager new manager of the summer russell martin he swapped the swans for the saints um after a great run in with them last season you know in the end, last few months of a uh, previous campaign so three signings have come to the door so we've got. D- Derek Abu, centre-back from Chelsea, Ryan Manning, you know, left-back from Swansea, I'm sure you know, the manager had a lot to do with that, because Manning was was wanted by a lot of clubs, and Shea Charles, centre-mid from Manchester City. On the other hand, 22 players have left the club, so Wright, Lawrence and Liss have all gone out on loan. whilst Willie Caballero retired, Caleb Watts, Mohamed Al-Yanoussi, and Theo Walcott were among 12 players released. Uh, Whilst Dan Nolunderloo, Kegis Chalk, uh, Mislav Orsic, Ibrahim Adalo and Mohamed Salisu have all been sold. And the interest is still high in Romeo Lavia, James Ward-Prowse and Nathan Teller. So the sales may not have ended yet. Um, We didn't actually have any audio, unfortunately, from Southampton. So we're going to move straight into what I feel. just. I think they've got a new highly rated manager. Um, much depends for me on who leaves, for example if James Ward-Prowse sticks around then they could win this league for sure um, but yeah, even if those three that I mentioned before, you know, Lavia, Ward-Prowse, Tyler, even if them three go I still think they've got enough to challenge and get a top two spot um, you know, if things go right for them Ipswich Town so they ripped up League 1, didn't they in the second half of last season, seemingly just scoring fun yeah, scored it will. Uh, can they repeat that potency in the championship though? So yeah, second in League One last season. Manager Kieran McKenna, a so very highly rated young coach. And he's come in and he plays quite expansive football, quite open, and especially at home they were just, you know, scoring fours, fives, sixes, just fantastic last season. They really were. Um, they've added to the squad over the summer, so Amari Hutchinson, an attacking has is coming in on loan from Chelsea they signed Jack Taylor, a centre-mid from Petersburg uh, Jerry Slicker, a goalkeeper, is coming from Man City. And George Hurst has returned to Ipswich, having been there last year. is centre-forward from Leicester. Meanwhile, 21 players have exited Portman Road. So seven youngsters were released this summer, whilst two more have gone out on loan. Then it's Nalabi, Ahadmi, El Mizuni and Kamara have also left the club on loan. But first teamers Rakim Harper, Fraser Alexander, Albionis, Joel Coleman, uh, Matt Penny, Joe Pickett, Kane Vincent, Young, and the experienced Richard Keogh have all been released this summer. Ipswich was another one where we didn't really have any audio for them, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, just my summary there. I think they're quite highly fancied by quite a lot of people who've put them real high up on the table. Don't think I've seen anyone having of them struggling. Uh, probably the way they got promotion is... The, you know the thought process behind that um they were so free scoring in the in getting that promotion if they can mirror that in the second tier then portman road you know, is going to be a real place best avoided by opposition it's going to be a real fortress for them the crowd are going to get behind because they played such you know attractive football um survival should be attainable for me i think i don't think they're going to go as high as other people do i think mid-table it's going to be, yeah, you know, that's attainable and where they'll probably end up. <laughs> Preston North End, final club now in this preview, and nearly there 23rd and final club. Um, a club who quietly go ahead and punch above their financial input season after season. So, can they continue to do that again this campaign? Last season they finished 12th. Great achievements, I think, because, you know, they don't get, um, they haven't got a sugar day. they haven't got up somebody. You know, piles money into them. I think they've done really well, you know, finishing the top half. Manager Ryan Lowe, he's another good young manager. He came from Plymouth a couple of years ago. Uh, there his team were playing open, attractive football. I think he came to Preston, realised that he couldn't, or that wasn't the best way to go about it there. And he's adapted um, for a more pragmatic approach. And it's working for Preston. And I think that shows a good manager there that he's adapted. Um, Ten players are left. So seven youngsters have left the club. Plough Matt uh, Oliver Sunday was released. And then Daniel Johnson rejected a new deal to join Stoke. And Josh Onamore also rejected new terms at Deepdale. Uh, he's currently a free agent, but obviously he's on trial with Stoke as well. Uh, five incomings at Deepdale. So Callum Ramsey, right back from Liverpool, is joined on loan. Uh, Dwayne Holmes, an attacking midfield, has joined from Huddersfield. A couple of strikers. So Will Keynes joined from Wigan and Leighton Stewart's joined from Liverpool. Whilst Mads Jensen, an attacking midfielder has come in from, Odents. Another season of mid-table obscurity should rightfully be deemed a success for the Lilywhites for me. Um, I think they've got a nice blend of youth and experience, and Ryan Lowe's doing the best with what he's got available to him, and putting a decent squad together within his budget, and I think that should see them safe, and hopefully uh, for them another mid-table finish. So that's it. 23 clubs in the championship have all been previewed for you. There's only one club missing there, isn't there? Our very own Stoke City. So yeah, join us tomorrow and we will have a
1: bumper Stoke City preview for you with some very special guests as well. So until then... The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around